the reason I put this podcast together is because I want to create like a, a community where men can chat or anyone can chat. Yep. Yeah, man. So in a nutshell, straight terms is we, we've created this podcast where people can jump on, they can have a talk, um, you know, they can have a beer, they can they can say whatever they want with no filter. Yeah, yeah. So our sort of mission is to let people have like a place where they can go, where they can talk shit, they can get the points across and they can get a message across to the people, which is basically for me, like mental health. Yesterday, people, we've got Eden uh, of Ed Showers on the podcast today. Um, so Eden is a vocalist as well as a producer. Uh, he's worked with some top names in the business, uh, the likes of Camelfat, Orbita, etc. But uh, we'll let Eden touch on that. So yeah, if you just want to give us a little bit of background about yourself, Eden, and where it all began for you, like your journey that you're on at the moment. Okay. Um, so yeah, my name is Eden um, from Liverpool. Um, 38 years young. <laughs> um, uh, so old as you know that. That's the one, that's the one. 38 years experience, I call it. Um, yeah. yeah, man, I love that. That's the one. Um, yeah, so I started um, my vocal experience, started singing around seven years old in school. Um, went through school, carried it on. Um, just started doing stuff in like the choir Um, I wasn't one of them everyone in school was always into like football and stuff like that and I wasn't very sporty I was I was a chubby kid Um, Not wasn't sure. into the I wasn't into the sport or athletics and like that so I was always in the music room it was just somewhere where I felt like it, it for me that was my safe space yeah, it's where it's where that's where I felt at me most at peace. I felt like I could be me be me authentic self and be I was able to express myself through music. Um and my music teacher said to me, You've got you've got you've got a gift there. Um with your vocals and stuff like that. Is it something you'd want to pursue? I was like, Yeah. So um that just that just my career um literally started in like choirs. I was in like the Philharmonic Boys Choir and stuff like that when I was younger. Um, cool. yeah, so it was just something that's that stuck with me, and then from like that was from like uh primary school right into junior school, I went right the way through there, just singing in the choirs. We did things like summer concerts, Christmas concerts. Um, and I would I'd always put myself forward to be like sort of like the main vocalist, they'd have like solo spots and stuff like that. And yeah, um, so that's where I that's where I sort of got my start in music and sort of found my voice originally right. um but yeah as i say music for me was always like sort of like a safe space yeah well i was quite shy i was quite shy believe it or not as, as a kid um so for me music was like always a form of expression where i felt like mm. i wasn't I never, I never really felt like i was good at anything as a kid as i say i was a chubby kid that everyone was into athletics football i never ever sort of felt like i fitted in with anything but i knew i could sing so for me, that was like my case, my my chance to showcase what I could do. And I mm. knew that people enjoyed it. So that was sort of like my bread and butter going through um through like me adolescence and stuff like that. And that was was that high school, primary school or from right the way from from um from actually from infant school all the way up through senior school. Yeah, man. So 
for me, I went to an all-boys boarding school, which was like a behavioural school. So I've never mixed with girls until yeah. I went He's to college. No, 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 no. No, I'm a rough boy, not a posh boy. So for me, like, I want to know what the fuck it's like growing up in Liverpool, um, like, at a school. Like, I've heard, I know, these are first girls I've been able to sit down with and have a conversation. So I want to know what, for you, like, was like high school, like, you know, you, you're doing your singing, you're a chubby kid. Tell me about that. Um, I was I was the type of kid. I, um, I st- I think I carried it on into, into my adulthood as well. I could sort of fit in. I was a bit of a chameleon. I could fit into any group, even with like, even with like the lads who play football and stuff like that. I'd fit in with them. I can fit in with the girls. I fitted in with people who were older than me. I sort of gravitated to people who were older than me. I felt like I was always a bit of an old soul. So a like. Chameleon. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, not a lizard. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a lizard. He's a chameleon. But yeah, yeah. I fitted in. I thought I fit in with, with with pretty much any group. Um, so I wasn't. I wouldn't say I was. I was a popular kid, but like I was accepted by pretty much every group. So See? um, yeah. So for me, it was like, I, I say, I, I felt like I had gravitated towards the older crowd. I say I'm 38, so I was going to school. I left school in 2000. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, that's shit. mad. Dad. So yeah, that's, that's mad. Dad. Yeah, 2000. <laughs> yeah, you're knocking on there. You're so, on. telling you. Let, let, <laughs> let's skip forward. You know, you 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 through school. Did you go to college, uni, or you know, straight on the road of of, of Liverpool? On the <laughs> well, I went <laughs> the roads. <laughs> well, I left. I left at 16, um, and I went to college. I went to college in the fashion. I didn't know what I wanted to do. To be honest, I that's. I didn't leave with any decent GCSEs, um, so I had to go and do like a city and guild in college. I knew I wanted to do something, but to be honest, what the main the main reason I went to college is that back then you used to get thirty quid a week. It was called it was called um, it was called EMA, yeah, Education Maintenance Allowance. So you get like thirty quid a week just to attend college, and I was like, well, I'm not doing anything else. I'm get the thirty quid, and thirty quid back then in the year two thousand was a lot of money. Yeah, man. So, so, um, yeah, so I went for, I went there, did fashion. And the fashion course was like four years. And I was like, I can't do this for four years. I need money. I, 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 I like I like I the finer things in life, especially at that <laughs> yeah. age. So I was like, I need a job. So I just from there, I just went in and just started working in retail. Got my first part-time job yeah. while I was still in college. Um, and then it just got too much. I was like, I can't do the college thing and the work thing at the same time. And I thought, money. I want money. That's it. So I gym college um, and just went to work full time in retail. And um, right. from from sort yeah. of like college and fucking not liking college. So you didn't enjoy college? No. Well, I did. I, did. I, I enjoyed the social aspect of it, but when it came down to actually doing the work itself, and I, mm. the, as I say, the I was interested in fashion. So to me, that was a great thing. But it was like. Because I didn't, because I never applied myself in in school originally. I think a lot of the skills that were needed, for example, maths, was was never been my strong point. That was yeah. needed in the in in the fashion world because there was a lot of a lot of um, numbers and stuff like that involved. I didn't have. I hate saying I can't do something. So for me, it was easier to just walk away from it than say I couldn't do it. Fair play, man, and I fucking respect that. Yeah, so for sure, me for sure. You know, most people are saying the same thing. Like, if I said to Sean, I don't want to do it, I won't fucking do it. You know, that's it. That's it. There's not much point, is there? No, not if you're not feeling one of them, isn't it? Why you waste your energy and your time and your effort if you're showing that you're you're not passionate about and you don't want to pursue? 
That's it. Yeah. I think that's I think that's that's for a lot of people. Like even touching on, like again with mental health and stuff like that. I think we get to a point like they already at sixteen. That was me telling myself, I'm not going to ask for help and tell somebody I can't do something. I'm just going to quit. Yeah, and that right, and like I say, at that young age, you don't know any different. So if, if we're comparing sort of like now to back then, I know you're a lot older than myself and Sean. Not that much, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But not in the head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate, exactly. So, like, saying what you've just said there, I can say exactly the same thing. You know, I completely relate with what you're saying. However. For me, uh, I was always about proving people wrong. So, you know, I was the only person to leave my school with fucking one GCSE, never mind zero. <laughs> like, they're all fucking out of imprisoned and dead. Nah, um, really?
Yeah, mate. So the, the school I went to, that's why I'd like sort of done the podcast and a bit proud of like what I'm doing is because it was like an old boys boarding school. You know, if you was bad, the teachers would just fucking twat you, they'd punch you. You know what I mean? No way. So, so you know, you like to, to do your safe space and play the music. If we was in yeah, music, yeah. for example, and we were playing the piano and we was on a mic and we were pissing about, we'd get two grippers coming in and walkie-talkie and put us on our ass, took us out of class. Wow. Like screws. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was I was going to say, yeah, it's a bit like Borstal, isn't it? That's it, bro. Yeah, so it's been... Dice and all. That's the one, yeah. So to put in a nutshell, Eden, like, I met Sean in fucking Dubai Airport. I've not met him before. We've, we've, we've known each other for, for a few months. Yeah. So for me, I'm getting an understanding of Sean, understanding of yourself, which which is good. So Sean took the football road. Yep. That sort of thing. Yep. Uh, you took your fashion, your music. So post, like, you know, your like school days and and the early years how did you get into music like how did you start like look let, let's skip on a, f a few years now because we yeah, got yeah. always well so like we just when you were still doing all this sort of you know 30 pounds a week doing college and stuff which is still actively doing singing and stuff like that or did you did you curb that yeah. for a bit of okay well i sort of i sort of curbed it for a little bit because for me like similar for yourself i think you probably testified to it in like liverpool and stuff like that i think you're fine even when you know you're good at something if it's not the norm to be going to be to try and be a success at something, you feel like you'd have to fit in still. So you're still going with them yeah. people. Like for me, for example, I shelved music for a bit and cut and started the partying and started going out more and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, because it was because it was what everybody else was doing. And I felt like I still had to follow the crowd in order to fit in. Yeah. And and that was you sort of putting what you wanted to do behind you just, just because you want, because everyone else was doing something other and you didn't want to feel sort of like by yourself. That's it. If I, I didn't want to be the person to say like, oh, oh no, I don't want to go out. I want to do this or I want to focus on this and blah, blah, blah. It was more of a case of, yeah, let's go out every week. Let's party. Let's do the usual stuff. You know what I mean? So it was like, I was getting to like sort of between six, from 16 to 18 and 18 was when I started like proper partying. I started going out at like 14 years old. Going into town and stuff like that. Jumping over the walls and that. Yeah, all that's it. So yeah, it was like um, I'd already had I'd already had a taste for that life. So I was like, and I, I and I liked it. Um, but yeah, for me, that was like my gateway into what would become my habit. Yeah, which got yeah. me into which which we'll touch on um, in, in a bit. Sick, mate. Like I said, we don't want to take too much of your time, but. No, no, it's fine. Like, you're not in no rush. No rush, Tony. Sick, mate. Well, thank you very much you know, for taking the time. Yeah, we uh, normally, what we wouldn't do, we wouldn't go into as much depth, but you, you, you feel like, I feel like, you know, you're happy to be on a podcast, you're talking to us, and we're getting to know you a lot more than what we're going to do with a lot of other people. Yeah, 100%, bud. Well, mate, I fucking respect you for that. Yeah, of course, we both do. Yeah. And so, yeah, basically moving on, mate. Um, so, obviously, yeah, you, you've been going out 16 to 18 so you're 14 being, to 18 sorry 14 to 18 yeah so <laughs> you <run> bastards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so you were out drinking all the time so um so what was this like sort of next stages from this did you you know from college and going out drinking all the time you were still in a job that you didn't like or you was was your that was it yeah mate i was just i was sort of flitting from job to job i went from retail into um what, into so? office yeah, I went, to, went from retail, just um, just working in clothing st clothing stores. The probably stores you won't remember. Like back in the day, we used to have Wade Smith in Liverpool. Yeah. Um, 
know. There was, well, there was two stores. They were the, the, the two, the two main designer stores were Wade Smith, and then there was another one called Open. Open was like, um, it's where the big Primark is now in Liverpool, and it was like a, it was just like a designer store that sold all the designer gear and stuff like that. So for me, it was like at like eighteen. Back then, it was like, yeah, I'm working in the designer store, blah, blah, blah. You'd see all kinds of people. We had DJs on every weekend. It was one of the first stores that would have an actual live DJ on every weekend. So it was always like a party atmosphere. So from there, it was just like work. I get paid weekly. The weekly pay would come in Friday. We'd be straight into the boozer after that, is that... be straight. Sorry, so sorry, is that booze and drugs or is that booze and chicks? Or is that like what? what I never, I never, I wasn't really a drug taker, to be honest. I've, I've, I've never done. I've, Apart from, I flash back to when I was fourteen. When I was fourteen in school, I took LSD. That was because oh, everybody yeah. else. Straight on to the hockey, like, yeah. That was because everyone, everyone again, because everybody else was doing it. I felt like I needed to fit in, so I did it. But that, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. just um, yeah, that was a a, a little dabble at fourteen. But I never ever done done anything from there. Everyone else was into drugs and stuff like that at eighteen, but I wasn't. I was just alcohol. Oh, um, a massive drug scene isn't it especially like on a night out and stuff. yeah it's just anywhere you go mate everyone's just fucking chewing the face off i went to a night out in liverpool i went down fucking what, what month were you now? I, went, I went down anyway at some point last year and drug scene we end up in someone's uni house and there's every kind of drug you can imagine so that's <laughs> like for me like i'm not scarce the only time i go to liverpool is on a night out or if i'm meeting someone so yeah yeah Say to get you scousers, you know, in front of me, it's good to fucking hear what's going on. <laughs> and like, I'm from Preston myself, so you know, Liverpool for me is a fucking night out. You get a minibus, you stay over, you, you go down the, the fucking the top end, whatever bullshit, and it, it's a good laugh. So it's good to hear what's going on. Now, fast forward, let's go into your career. So when when did you start getting into like you know your career and doing your own thing, like out of retail? Um, to be honest, it's like when I, when I talk about like going out and stuff like that and partying, it was a gift and a curse in essence because for me, that's where I met a lot of my contacts. So, for example, Camel Fat now, uh, Dave Wheel and Mike Descala. Massive. I met them. I met them on the, on the going out team. So from going out and just getting to know people, they were, they were just DJing at the time. So they DJed. There was like two, two of the biggest clubs in Liverpool at the time were Society and Garland. Um, and... Dave and, Dave and Mike were always out on the scene and stuff like that. Mike was doing ultra beat stuff. Oh, sick. Um, yeah, back oh, in the day, yeah. shit. Yeah, crazy. yeah. So, like, um, I'm pretty green eyes. was massive at the time. So, me being me at the time, obviously, from knowing him and stuff like that, I'd be in his ear every Mike, Mike, let me sing, let me sing. Would you put yeah, me on a track? Blah, blah, blah. Just trying me luck as, 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 as I should. And um, he's like, that's it. Well, he's. If you don't ask, you don't get. So I was like, um, Mike, put me on a track, put me on a track, put me on a track. Can you sing? I was like, yeah, singing Pretty Green Eyes down as the in G bar at four or five in the morning. Oh, I love that tune. And then he was like, well, yeah, 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 you can. Like, So obviously, it just sort of progressed from there. I kept them as, I kept obviously knowing them as contacts and stuff like that. Then obviously just became friends and from there. Um, that then progressed to a point where Dave... Uh, one day just said to me can you write and I was like yeah I couldn't well I could but I didn't at the time but yeah. I not fake it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's it so I was like nah I was like fake it till you make it yeah I can but I never used to actually write songs as such but from when I was younger like I said like I, I touched on earlier I never really felt like I could express myself other than 
than, than writing. So I did write, but I wrote stuff like poetry. I used to write my thoughts down. I've always found an easy way for me to get my, how I couldn't really verbalize what I wanted to say. So I used to write it down. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was that's how I so I used to have books um that were just filled with like me thoughts and me feelings and what was going on. And a lot of them turned into lyrics. Um, right. Which from then like sort of recite back to like what you've written down in your notepads and stuff. That's uh, it. So, like, so for me. You've had the first bell rung on you, mate. So this bell is sort of there for when you know we hear a bit of inspiration, mate. You've got the fucking first ring, you know? Yeah. So you're yeah. writing down. So you're writing down like what you're thinking you send them into music yeah yeah that's yeah so I, and I, so i was i was i was already creating music before i even knew i was creating music because the stuff that i was writing um it was just personal it was just stuff for me so again at that time i, I a lot of the stuff that i was writing i didn't realize people had similar thoughts to me people had similar feelings to me what, people what had similar it? experiences to me sorry what were the uh, like experiences and the feelings? Sorry to put in, but like, no, it's all right. But I want to, I want to get into like everything. So, what kind of feelings? What kind of what were the emotions? And and how how were you be? Were how were you able to relate with people about like how were you feeling at, at that time? So, prime example would be like I I got into my first my first debut single, which was called "Open Up Your Heart." Um, featuring featuring myself and Wheeling and the Scarlet at the time, Mike and yeah, Dave. Yeah, we, we've had it on before. Yeah. We we played we played a bit before. I went through a few of your playlists. Through yeah, yeah, so, yeah. On, so sorry, yeah. your heart came about. Um, so after Dave said to me, "Can you write?" I was like, "No, yeah, 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 Sam, not a problem." So he gave me a track. I had the track. I must have had it for about two months. Didn't I, I, everything I was writing, everything I was putting together. I was like, "This is crap. This is terrible. This sounds poor." Don't like yeah. it, blah blah blah. Just that negative self talk. I think that we all we all tend to do with ourselves. Um. So long story short, he was like, "Have you have you got it?" And then I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll send it, I'll send it, I'll send it." I thought I need to send this now, otherwise he's just going to jib me off. <laughs> um. So in the end, like I'm sitting there and I'm talking to myself, and the, the lyrics in that song say to yourself, like, "You just need to." It was about it's about facing your fears. So in, in the lyrics in that song, it says, open up your heart, open up your mind, leave those fears behind you. And I was just like, what have I got to be scared about? And all I'm what doing is, is passing them my That's thoughts it. and my feelings on, and I put it to a track. So anyway, I sent it across and within like 20 minutes, I got a message back. That's unreal. I was like, wow, I've done it. Um, <laughs> I've done it. I've done my yeah. first track. And, and did that you did that take a lot of like grabbing your balls and be like fuck i'm scared like i'm a bit nervous 100 like, percent, because i hate one thing i've always I've, I've always felt like i faced a lot of is criticism and i hate criticism i've never took it well at all it used to really eat up i mean you don't you only needed to tell me that you didn't like something about me or something that i've done um and i take it to heart i'm a very sensitive person in that respect but when it comes to stuff like putting your music across putting music out there which is very, very personal to, to, to artists and to have it criticised is a massive thing, do you know what I mean? No, so yeah. for me, if I'd have got back, oh, that was that was terrible, that was shite, that was bad. Yeah. I'd have quit, I'd have quit there and then because... So can you see it as maybe like sort of constructive criticism when it comes to sort of your craft or whatever? Like, you I know. can do now, I can, I can take it now as con constructive criticism because for me, I've learned a lot more about the industry now. I was a bit green back then, so I didn't really sort of understand how it worked. All I knew is I was put a bit of mind, like the likes of Juice FM were massive back then. Yeah, so Juice that, yeah, yeah. that was huge. 
So Jesus. like finding out from, from literally from me from me sending that track across, them saying yes, it's great. Me recording it in the studio. Once it was mm. recorded, it was about a week and it was signed by Freddie Legrand's record label, Fair Flamingo Records. And I was like, wow, this has happened so fast. From there, it was on Juice FM. Uh, me, me social media is blowing up. People going, oh my God, I can't believe that's you, blah, blah, blah. Well, it overwhelmed me. It overwhelmed me completely. Like, because I'm still thinking in the back of my mind, it's not as good as, it, uh, as I think it could be. Do you know what I mean? I'm always, I'm a perfectionist. I always feel that I can do better. But again, that's that, that's that, that's that trained negative self-talk that I've always had in me. Yeah, that's it. You're your own worst enemy and stuff like that, aren't you? As I was myself. 100%. You must have it with football where you thought, I could have scored that goal easily. Not a problem. Why, why didn't I do it? That's it. Exactly. And it's like, for you with your music, uh, for Sean in his football and for me in my business. So you were talking about, oh shit, I don't want to release this in case what people think. It's the same across the board with a lot of men. So in a nutshell, football, Sean, you with your music, me with my business. Now, coming up, making this podcast is us doing what you did at that time. It's, yeah. it's us thinking, you know what, fuck. Sean was like, we're going to get a lot of slander. You know, we're going to get a lot of people chatting shit. And I said, you know what, it's called the Chatting Shit Podcast for a reason. You know, yeah. if someone wants to talk shit, well, talk shit and get on the fucking camera. You know, get we're on here. This. Get on, let's talk about it. Let's talk about That's it, you it. know. If you're talking what shit. What are you doing? You're putting yourself out there to be judged, and and that 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 that, that was a big pill for me to swallow personally. You're putting yourself out there to be criticised, and you're going to be criticised. But what you've got to realise is a lot of these people who are criticising you, they've got their own demons that they're battling, and they would probably love to be able to put themselves out there, but they don't. And there's a reason that they don't is because they haven't got to that stage in life yet where they can actually say, you know what, I actually don't care what people think. Yeah, yeah, I actually do not care. It myself, mate. Like you know, it's a long road, isn't it? And um, it is. Mate, it took me. It took me. I've had like, um, I'm 38 now. It took me a good 30 odd years to actually be at a point in life where I can say that hand on heart, I generally don't care what people think. I don't crazy. care. It is. It's it crazy, is. you know. It's taken you so long to be able to, to think like that, which is, is for me, it's too long. Like it is. It is. Should be engraved in you early, you know. If you want to talk, if you want to talk, then you can talk. If you want to talk, there's a platform. However, exactly. Now you're saying that I can relate back. You know, you're 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 older than me, and it's taking you longer than me as it is to, to be able to say that. Now, I want to put a message across to people, like with what you're saying, is the prime example. There's there's people out there that are going through a lot of stuff. It's taking a lot of time. However realize it open up to it and just fucking believe in it and and then you know you you grow then it's it, it did you feel like you was growing after you came to the realization was everything 100 percent, 100 percent. it's like it took me all them years it's like again it's a self-acceptance i think sean will probably testify in liverpool you get a lot of people who love love to big you up when you're doing well but the second you fail or do anything wrong they tear you down completely. And I don't know whether that's the same in every city. I can only I can only judge on what happens in Liverpool, but I just know people love to 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 build it up to tear you down. Boys, in Liverpool, you've got that culture. In Preston, it's exactly the same. So people will they'll they'll be behind you, and then when something goes wrong, they're the, they're the first ones to be like fucking you know trying to like bully and 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 create like toxic environments. So. It's for me, I feel like it's the same in a lot of places. However, I can see, you know, Liverpool, 
Um, it's 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 a different kind of place. However, where I'm from, it's exactly the same. So when I set up my business um, previous, I had a lot of like people saying, "Do it, fucking do it." It's all good. It came up, up about my like addiction, and people were behind me. Something happened. Next minute, you know, I've got fucking people like reporting and, and all that stuff. It's just not nice, is it? No, it's not at all. It isn't. And I could imagine it's it, nice it, to deal with, is it really? Yeah, and that's that's why it's great to get you on a podcast. And you know, it's great to talk to someone who has got different experiences and has handled different ways and clearly doing yeah. very very well for themselves. So for yeah. me, it was like for going going back to like I've I've always felt like I've had a lot of pressure on my shoulders, like growing up and. My dad went to prison when I was like seven years old for a, a good long stretch, you know what I mean? So coming from that type of background, I always felt like I've had a stigma attached to my name and attached to my family and attached to and, and misconceptions about who we are as a family and stuff like that. So I felt like I've always had to f- sort of fight against that negative stereotype. So I've always felt the pressure that I need to succeed in a positive light to have that type of stigma sort of brushed off for someone to actually look at me and say you know what yeah his dad was this but look what he's done with himself he's gone around a totally different route he's took a totally different path and he's thriving and that's the, the pressure that i've always sort of felt for many years and i feel like i'm at a point in my life now where i've sort of accomplished that because i can separate myself from that side that's um, all respect to you, mate. You know, yeah, it's fucking you, yeah. big respect. And there's something what you've just said there. Like, I've known you for, for a short conversation. You've said that. That is maximum respect, mate. So, like, I hope you fucking, you're proud of yourself. And, like, you're looking back on that. Because that is a big fucking accomplishment, in, in my eyes, especially. No, for sure, mate, for sure. But let's take just a little back step. Um, just to through, obviously, like, you know, you've, you've been going out partying at this point before, obviously, camel fat and all of this. So, mm. um Obviously, you're out drinking and all that. Um, but at what point did you feel like that became a problem for you? Where you know you felt like you needed change, and you know, okay. Um, brief like backstory. Way. Brief backstory. I picked up my first drink at twelve. Um, everyone else was doing it. I picked up a drink. Um, twelve. Touching on what? I, yeah, yeah, twelve. Um, touching on touching on what I said there with regards to like me, me, me father going to prison and stuff like that. I felt like as soon as I picked up that drink, all my feelings went away. I felt like I could take on the world. And I was like, wow, this is powerful stuff. This. So for me, that 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 twigged something in my brain that once I ingest alcohol, anything I'm feeling can be switched off. And then so that and that 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 that's so that sort of planted the seed. So fast forward, obviously the going out and things like that started. I did drink a lot. I was always the heaviest drinker. I was always the one who, who'd, who'd outlast everybody when it comes to drinking because I had a lot going on mentally for myself, which I didn't understand at the time. And I knew, I knew I always, I always felt like with, with all them things going on in my head, all I have to do is drink and it'll go away. Ooh. And and that's, that's what a lot of people do with, with drugs like Coke. Myself. Same thing, isn't it? Same. All around the board, whether it's Coke, whether it's booze, whether it's weed, anything, everybody's, you know, Taking that as an escape to get away from something that you don't want to be dealing with at that present. That's time. exactly the word. The word is escape, and that's all I was doing. I was running from something which I didn't understand and I didn't know how to face. So for me, I carried that into adulthood. So let's fast forward to doing my music and stuff like that. I was in an office job still at the time, um, and I got 
I didn't I attended an audition. Um, didn't know what it was, what company it was for. I just knew it was going to be on a cruise ship. So I was like, okay, I attended the cruise ship audition, and anyway, I got I got the job. Turned out that the job was working for Disney. Fuck so hell! Doing, yeah. So I got the job there. Fast forward through that, I, I was doing rehearsals back and forth to Bolton every week. Still working the office job, um, doing all these the, these sets and stuff like that. Learning these set lists, hundreds of songs that I had to learn. The guy who was the agent at the time, who, who I was going through for Disney, um, had me back and forth to Bolton. Um, I was, he told me, you're going to have to give you a notice and work. Bear in mind, I was working for the Ministry of Defence at the time. Oh, and I've been with them. I've, I've been with them. Yeah, well, I was like, I was working there. So I, I, I've been there for like six years. I just got, I'd just been promoted to a decent position and all that. But I thought, no, singing's what I want to do. So I was leaving anyway to do that. Anyway, the guy who was, who was the agent at the time, I kept giving subpar singers to Disney. Disney gave him one, one more shot. Do not give us any subpar singers. Anyway, we didn't know this at the time, me and a couple of other people who were meant to go on this ship. Um, and they basically, he, he sent more subpar singers across and he said to him, listen, this isn't working for us. You're giving us subpar singers. You're gone. So they jibbed him. So in, in that, I lost my job on the ship. That's what you boys are. Yeah, got legged, lad. He got legged. As he got legged. I got legged. <laughs> So I never ended up um, going on the ship. So therefore, at that time, I'd handed my notice into the to the Ministry of Defence. I had no job, um, and it was I, I pinpointed that I was a twenty four. I pinpoint that to be in the point when most of my main adult problems started, especially with 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 the guys that like to drinking and stuff like that. Cutthroat, yeah, bad, bad. I hit I hit a massive depression. To the point where, and I was at that point at 24, um, I actually took myself into the doctors and I, it, it was the first time I'd ever opened up and I said, and I, and I went in, I just remember bawling my eyes out and I said, in in these exact words, I am losing my mind. I didn't and, know how to cope. I was good, lad, and a lot of plums to fucking get Mate. yourself to doctors and admit that, isn't it? That's the first part of it. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd held it in for so many years, but I said, I'm losing my mind. A lot of things were going on for me mentally. The drinking was escalating because it was the only way I felt like I could cope. So anyway, they took me, they, they sent me to the mental health team um, down in Moss House up in Garston, Liverpool. Mm. And they said, yeah, you're 24, took me through a, a, a diagnosis. And they said, we can't give you a full diagnosis at 24 because you're still developing into your personality. You don't know who you are as an adult, blah, blah, blah. We need to assess you over this period of time. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're basically just ignoring me. So I just jibbed it then and, and then. I hit the drink hardcore because I knew that was the only thing that worked for me to compact yep. what I was feeling. So for oh. them, them years onwards, I just drank and avoided sure. anything to do with mental health. I knew nothing about mental health. I didn't know anything about it. And at that point, were you thinking there's something wrong with me? Like I've no one to talk to or what, what were the, what were the thoughts? hundred percent, a hundred percent. At that point, I felt like not one single person in the world understood me. I felt like I was very misunderstood with regards to my feelings. I'm, as I say, I probably touched on earlier, I'm quite an emotional person. And my emotions were always heightened when I was getting into certain certain periods. And people used to use words like, you're weird. Oh, you're man. nuts. Yeah. You're weird. You're nuts. You're a crank. I had all these, all these words put towards me. And I thought, 
fucking hell. And that, that was that was just from telling people how I felt. So I thought, yeah. I'm just not going to say anything because if I tell anybody anything, I'm just going to get called a crank, a nutter, a weirdo. And that's the stigma uh, around it, though, isn't it? Really? No. Like, that, that, that's what needs to be sorted. Like Paddy the Body, you've seen recently in the UFC coming out saying what he said and stuff. But it, there has always been a stigma around it. And, you know, you should be able to talk without being branded as a certain, you know, that's it. Or but, whatever. But if, 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 as Aiden said there, he's going to the people closest to him and he's telling them this and, and they're saying, you're a fucking weirdo, you're a crank, et cetera, et cetera. Like, yeah. that there. You use words like, and they start using words like, why are you so sensitive? Why are you so emotional? And that, and then, and that, that is that is an ill thing to say. Yeah, you know, no call that shit. You know, it's fucking, that's it. It's uh, not that bad. No, nah, mate. Like you're, you're you're overreacting. Little weird, little things like that, and them key trigger words like overreacting. Why can't my feelings just be valid? That's what I always think. And 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 I did think I was I was different because they've been a man. Social media wasn't massive back then, so there was there was there was no Instagram, there was no Snapchat, there was no TikTok. Face, it there wasn't even Facebook, there was MySpace back then. It's a long going back, do you know what I mean? It was like, no one, no one really spoke about it, so it was like I didn't feel like you'd I'd go on Google and I, I, could, I could possibly search stuff, and that was just telling me, you know, you're schizophrenic and all these types of things that were coming up. Google, mate, it's the devil. Oh, it was, mate. And then back then, obviously, there's, there's a history of mental, um, mental health issues on, on both sides of, of my mum and dad's family, so I'm thinking. But they were always called the nuts. They're the nutter of the family. So that, that was yeah. all I knew. And I'm thinking, I don't want to be labelled the nutter of the family. Why did it have to be me? Didn't know anything yeah. about it. Yeah. Uncle Nobed, oh, he's had a few drinks, yeah, you know, he's then, just crying. Yeah. It. But, you know, if, if, someone comes to you, if someone comes to you, if I come to Sean, I'm like, Sean, mate, I need a fucking conversation. If he goes to me off, you're being a bit soft. I'd say, listen, fuck you. Like, and you never go to that person again, do you? It's just, you know, that's sure it, because I was... Like well, with that there, I just I used to drink on them feelings, you see. So I just drank because I knew once I drank, I just sort of forgot about everything. It didn't make it any better, but it made it a little, it made it bearable. So I'd drink. So the, my my drinking progression then started to spiral. I start I went from drinking just on a social like weekend thing. It started becoming a couple of times a week. I'd need a couple of bottles of wine here and there. Then before I knew it, it was like eight years in, and I'm drinking every single day. Oh. And I've gone from drinking just bottles of wine because now wine's not working. Now I need something stronger, so I'll get a bottle of vodka. Oh. I only have a couple of glasses here and there. That bottle's gone in a day. So I'm this drinking. Is, sorry to interrupt, but this is throughout the eight years stint of you basically drinking nearly enough every day. This was like eight years in, yeah, pretty much from, from like 24 onwards. So I'm like, I'm drinking heavy and I'm not realising it's a problem, but I'm fully functioning. I go to work, I go to the gym, I always maintain my appearance, I'm out every weekend, I'm social, I'm managing friendships. Nobody knew that I was drinking every single day. They just thought, Eden parties, he likes to drink, blah, blah, blah. He's got a smile, on his, face. He's got a smile on his face. He's good. That's it. That's all he thought. And, and, and even still to this day, people say to me, you were always that happy. You were always that happy. Mate. No, it, it appeared that I was happy. So, because I'm very again, that's going back to what I said when I was younger. I'm a chameleon, I can put on that face, I can be whoever you want me to be to get by, and yeah. that, 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 that's that's it's, it's survival. Yeah, that's all I was doing. I was trying to survive in a world that was committed to misunderstanding me. And that was every pretty... time I used to go out, people used to say, Why do you always cry when you're drunk? 
you're a bar, you're, you're, you're terrible on the ale, you, you're a lightweight. They're not realising I've been drinking since the second my eyes opened in the morning. Yeah, and, and your emotions are heightened. And my emotions are heightened and I'm crying because I've got a lot of shit going on in my head that I can't express to anybody because nobody wants to know. So um, that all came that all came to a head. I carried that on for like 10 years till I was just just before me 34. And I carried it on and I carried it on and it got to a point where I just thought, I can't do it anymore. I cannot do it. And I'm sorry so, to hear that. I'm sorry to hear, you know, you went through all that fucking tough shit. Like, that is a lot of time to be going through something. It is a long time. It was a long stint, you know, to like dealing with that sort of stuff. That is fucking heavy, mate. So, you know, like, I'm sorry to hear that. Like, that is... That That's is so good, mate. Not many... That much time. Like, like I say, the reason we're coming back to making the podcast is I, I went through that for two years. So, you know, I went through two years. Couldn't imagine what fucking eight years is like, mate. So, exactly. I went through a stint myself, obviously, you know, won't get too, too, touch too much on it. But yeah, like I, I had a little year where I lost my hair completely. You know, after the past year and a half, say, I've just been rebuilding myself and I feel like I'm in a place now where, you know, I finally got my head back together. You know, we're doing things and putting things in place to better myself. And yeah, I feel like it's good. It's good. I, I and I, you know what? I am. I always envy people like yourself who've been able to catch it early. You've yeah. been able to say to recognize it and say, "This isn't working for me. I need to do something different." And did you ever get to a point in life where you know everything's above you? You're having a breakdown. You're like, you know what? The, the only way out is for me to get the fuck out of this world. Did you ever think of that? I did. That's that's what I was going to touch on. Then I did. I got to I got to a point. I can remember it like it was yesterday. And funnily enough, it was literally, it was five. It was it was would have been it was the five year anniversary of, of it happening last week. And okay. I sat there and I thought I've had enough. I can't do it. I cried my eyes out. People weren't answering the phone to me. I was at a point where, you know, when you sort of you, your friends are sort of distancing themselves a little bit because you are a bit of a live wire and you you know. And then yeah, I just felt com- yeah. I felt completely alone. I felt completely alone. I felt like everybody just looks. If I was to break down and tell somebody what's going on in my head, they're just going to go, "Well, this is Eden. This is what he normally does." Blah blah blah. So and I just that. felt like I, I, I couldn't continue anymore. And I remember I just sat there and I just raided the medicine cupboard. I took every single tablet that I could find. I got a liter of vodka. I wrote a note saying I'm sorry, and I was done. Mate, and uh, and then I woke up and I was heavily heavily disappointed and heartbroken that i'd woken up mate and I woke up it so didn't sorry. work i'm so sorry you've had to like tell us about that you know because that's a fucking big thing to like come come in here and say it's so you know it's hard to listen to me it's fucking, and it, it affects so many people and you know it goes untold to the, to the world and nobody like yourself obviously you're doing a lot better now and a lot of people yeah. you, you succeed and what they're trying to you know setting out to do and it's fucking yeah it's heavy, because you know what at that point it's like I woke up and bear my I was I ended up I ended up in hospital anyway. Um they said I had what what they seen was a minor stroke. I couldn't speak. Um Man, just from the damage that it had done. I had bad I had bad Yeah, and it was my whole body was breaking down, but it, but I didn't die. And I was I, I but I, all I remember thinking in my head is and I'm gonna do it again. I'm gonna yeah. do it again because this is the I, I I wanted it to work. But in, in that in that same respect, I didn't necessarily want to die. But I didn't want to live either. You wanted, you wanted and a release of time. I just wanted to. F- I got to a point where I was numb and and everything. I I didn't feel anything. I just wanted to feel something. But at that point, I didn't know where to turn. As I say, social media wasn't massive. People weren't really talking about it. 
no one really spoke about it. And I'm not saying I'm, I'm some sort of pioneer against mental health, but five yeah. years ago, when, when, I, when I went through it, nobody spoke openly. When I came out of that situation and started talking about it openly, I'd stick it as my statuses. I was writing in-depth descriptions of what was going on in my head at that time. And people were like, wow, why? And then I had people going, why are you writing stuff like that? Don't no. be telling people your business. And this is before it was massive. Can't believe I had people unfollowing me. I had Mate, people unfriending me. I've, I've got to, I've, I've got to, I've got to put in there because like stuff like that pisses me the fuck off. So you know, you're you're coming out. You you are you, trying to sort of get a bit of like help and and reaching out. It's like re you're reaching, reaching out. out. You're reaching out, and and there's there's people fucking belittling you for. for Oh, he, he, you know, he's eating. He's fucking. I hate it. I hate it. The word, the word that it, that was used was attention seeker. Right, I was attention so, seeking. So now you're saying this, yeah? Attention seeker. So people will say that. People are saying that for 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 their own kind of reasons. I don't know why. It's fucking stupid. Now, did you? I know it's a big question, but did did you ever hear anybody say, you know, he should just kill himself? Like, oh, he just fucking kill himself. No, no, no one's no one. Well, if I didn't hear it firsthand, no, no one, no one's ever said that to me. Well, no one would ever say that to me, Faith. Yeah, ne yeah, neither, neither. So now you're talking about social media and like the, the power on there. When yeah, yeah, I had my breakdown. I had a fucking huge breakdown. I saw messages in a group chat saying, you know, I should do the world a favor, just fucking kill himself. Yeah, and that is for me the, the biggest sort of point. I was like, you know what? I want to find these guys. I'm gonna fuck them up. And I'm gonna wish they never said it. Now, yeah. looking back at that, in hindsight is probably not the yeah, yeah. Uh, hindsight, it's not the, the the best thing to do. But could you imagine ever writing out about someone? Oh, I should just kill himself. Like, what happens if he did? You know, it's it's not nice. That's the sad thing is, is people actually do. People actually do social media because it's and people have got far too comfortable sitting behind the screen and telling people about themselves and telling people what they should do with their lives. When they're not even close to having their own shit together. That's it, mate. I feel like it's sort of animosity and jealousy that, you know, people are reaching out trying to change themselves and they haven't got the balls or the fucking, you know. 100%. 100%. It's like I say, I, I was writing status about it. Because obviously, from there, from obviously, what happened, I knew I needed, I need, something needed to change. So from there, um, I went into rehab. I decided to self refer myself to rehab and I went to rehab. Biggest decision in my life. Didn't want to do it, but I did it, and it was it wasn't just a, a, a thirty day program. I did six months Shit. residential rehab. I went in and I did. I, I knew I needed it, and not only not only for the alcohol, for the therapy side of things because I had a lot of stuff. Oh. I've never. I, I've I've always I've sort of lived in a bubble in the, in the sense that my mum's always took care of me. She'd always been there for me. I've never sort of stepped away from that. And at thirty four, I thought I need to take. I need to stand on my own two feet take myself away from the world for six months and just do me yeah for sure and it was hard it was fucking hard by yourself to go in there sorry by yourself by myself yeah knew nobody in there everybody in there is, is is completely new and strange to me everyone in there is fighting an addiction whether it be heroin crack alcohol speed cocaine weed every, everything you can think of everyone from all walks of life and when you go in, you hear people's stories. Like the first, within the first week, they tell you, you've got to tell your life story. How did you get here? So you go in. And it was the first time I've ever told my life story 
and how I got to that point out loud. And I cried my eyes out, start to finish, barely get through it. This is in and... like a inside the setting, is it? Or like sorry, a... is this in like yeah, a in a group sort... setting? Yes, yeah, so it's like a group setting. So it's just you, you in the front, and everybody else around you listening to your story. And it's like wow. And then once I'd finished, I've really? never felt I've never felt like a release so much in my whole entire life to get all them words and 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 to have people listen and not just they're not just listening they hear what i say they hear me do you know what i mean they understood me they could relate they empathized and i was like these are my people do you know what i mean it's for the first yeah. time i've known i've first known time. people all my life i've known homie. people all my life i've had friends for 20 odd years 30 odd years and this is the first time I've ever felt understood and heard. And, and it was um, it was amazing. After that. The best thing I've so, ever done. That's fucking unbelievable, mate. Yeah, like, well that, done to yourself, yeah. Jeremy, for doing that as well. That's fucking yeah. unbelievable. Now, after you'd, you'd said it and you'd got it off your chest, like, you felt lighter. You felt... What was the feelings after that? Did you have confidence? Did did you want to go places? Hundred percent. But it was the first time. In, it, it was the first time in my life I didn't feel strange. I didn't feel excluded. I felt included in, in, in other people's journey because they knew what I was talking about. If I tell somebody, listen, I get up in the morning and I am sweating and my hands are shaking until I can put a bottle of vodka to my lips and drink at least a third of a liter. I and they go, yeah, I understand it. I understand it. I get it. And I'm like, wow, people, I'm not alone. It's the first time I didn't feel alone in 34 years of life. Mate, I get you. Oh, and I'm sure a lot of people, you know, who will be listening to this, or a lot of people who will come across this at some point can definitely relate to that. Hundred percent. I, I, I get you. I, I get you, mate. Like I say, you you just told you something. I fucking get you, but. I could never put myself in your position of of like put myself in your shoes and be like dealing with it for so long. Like with what you've just said, I fucking get it, man. Like I get what you're saying. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's I mean, I I varied from, from taking that overdose. Like I that's the, that was the worst period of my life from being from from coming coming to after that overdose. I never, ever, ever ever want to feel like that again. And that was the reason I knew I had to take myself to rehab. No one forced me. I took myself and that was and I went into I had to have a detox first oh, for 10 days because I I suffered the physical effects of alcohol so I'd been drinking that long that I if I went a couple of hours without drinking my body started shaking the sweats oh. my body was physically dependent on it so I had to wean off alcohol for 10 days oh. and that was on the 20 the 23rd of November 2017 was my was the day I went in and I stopped drinking so I haven't drank be five years in November. I haven't well, touched well, a drop of alcohol. Hey, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, it's got a bit deep, and we've got fucking drinks in front of us. I do apologize about that, man. No, mate. Honestly, listen, and, that, and that's another thing that does not bother me because I'm at a point in life now where if I if I go and pick up if I wanted a bottle of vodka now, I can go to the off license, and nobody in this world is going to stop me. Stop it. Apart from myself, so I have to be fine around it. It doesn't bother me. I don't. I it, I know. This is this is the thing that keeps me sober. Like I've just said, I never, ever, ever want to feel like I felt on that day. Now, if I know if I have one drink, that will take me right back to that moment. So I refuse to do it. Mate, and honestly, to, to come on and say that with 
two guys you, you hardly know well you don't know me you know that that, this is, that takes a fucking lot and, and to to open up and, and and to go that deep like i didn't expect to go this deep before you know we're gonna have a little chat but mate fucking all hats off to you mate you're fucking i think it's 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 necessary mate i think it's necessary to go deep i think it's like for me like i tell people now and I, this is just my story this is in, in in the hopes i'm no god i'm no i'm no guru on addiction or mental health all i can do is tell you my story and in yeah. hopes that it can inspire somebody else to say you know what you know we can do it no we can continue to go on no we can still be around people who drink you know then yet it is possible because for me when i when i first the reason that one of the reasons i didn't want to go to rehab was because i didn't think i'd ever be able to be around people who drank again mm. and i thought my life's over my life is over but it's not it really isn't it's the start of it That's it funny. is 100% i can now see i see life through a different lens and for me it's a case of i i've always felt like i said before i was a little bit shy and stuff like that as young i've always felt like alcohol gave me the confidence i didn't yeah. need that confidence i didn't need it your blood it's always be it's always been there it's always been there do you know yeah. what i mean it's, it's always been there but it takes a bit to get that sometimes now i wouldn't change anything that i've been through for the world because i feel like it's given me a purpose i never ever felt like i had a purpose in life and i feel like it's given me a purpose to be able to come out, like I said before, no one really spoke about massive me like mental health it. issues. When I came, when I went to rehab, I wrote an essay about everything that I was going through with regards to addiction, and I stuck it on my Facebook page. And within an hour, people were chatting in the comments, blah blah blah. I can't believe you went through this. I had no idea, blah blah blah. And it started no. people talking. No. It got people talking. I'm sorry to put in. I'm sorry to put in. But what you just told me there. If you see, if you look at my Instagram page and you scroll down to 2020, there's a picture of me in a green T-shirt. People, I had fucking 500, 600 likes. I had 400 comments. Oh mate, I can't believe this happened when I came crazy, out. Crazy, isn't it? It's fucking ridiculous. It's, it's crazy. That, and that's what gets to me because, like I say, you're an emotional guy. I'm a very emotional guy, but I get emotional in the sense like I, I will get aggressive and like I'll lose my head. So what you've just said, yeah. I can relate to, and I'm so happy you've come on and you've said something which i personally being a podcast host co-host can relate to mate because it's fucking ridiculous you know people will, will will post that on 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 their instagram or the facebook just to so others can see it that oh you know he's being nice but that's it because i looked at it so i looked at it in the thought god it's got like hundreds of likes and hundreds of comments where were these hundreds of people when i wanted to die exactly and 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 <laughs> You was you were talking to them like you know I need to chat. Oh, you're being dramatic. Fuck off. That's it. You told me I was over. You told me I was overreacting a couple of months ago. You told me I was over emotional. You told me I was a wreck, a mess. Oh, you know what I mean. And now that I open up and tell you that you know, this is what's going on for me. It's mad. But the saddest yeah. thing that came from it, the saddest thing, but the most probably the, the the best thing as well at the same time because I learned a lot from it is the people that I lost when I got sober. The people that I lost, I used to have what I was a bit of a social butterfly. Do you know what I mean? I had hundreds of what you would call associates. I call them. They were friends. They were associates. Yeah, if they were new, I have the same. Second, I'm sober. I don't speak to barely anybody. I have a handful of close friends who haven't left me since day one. But I've got friends who I was friends with for over twenty years, and it's like, what have I done different other than get sober? I'm still the same person. Mate, do you know what I mean? And 
Well, of course you're the same person. You've always been the same person. And like I said, I don't, I don't know you. So it's good that I'm, I'm getting to know you. And with what you're saying, for me, the reason I made this podcast is to get people like yourself to, to come on here. Big shopping young man. You, you're doing well in life. And you're telling what you went through. You know, you're telling the nitty gritty. You're talking about like a lot of things no one would fucking talk about, mate. So I've got massive respect for you. Like I fucking appreciate everything you're saying. Cheers, man. Pause, mate. Use uh, But yeah, sorry. Just moving forward from that, Eden. So you came out of rehab. So you're six months clean at this point. Um. So obviously your next step was, you know, you focused again. So you, you get right back on your music, and um, from then. Um, f- not a face, no, because again, it was like. I felt like coming out of there now, I had to get to know myself sober. And I'm like, wow, what? who am I? Where do I fit in this world? What do I do with this newfound sobriety and this this, this clarity that I've got mentally? Um, and I tried, and I tried to write, and I was just like, nothing was clicking. I felt like I was back to that original square one of everything's shit, it all sounds terrible, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, yeah. But it was building me confidence as well, to be fair, because it was like, what have I got to write about? And then I thought, you've got to write about what you've just been through. So all of a sudden it just clicked again and I started investing more time in writing. Um, I've got more time to write. I don't go out and party like I used to. So use that time wisely. Sit there, go through it, work on your craft. Exactly that, mate. Um, So it was from there um, that I I linked up with um, a couple of other producers. And they were like, yeah, let's get back on some new stuff. Yeah. Sorry, mate. You linked up with who? Sorry. Um, just other different, different various producers that I've got, different contacts. Producer. I had reached out and said, "Has anyone got any any tracks that I could possibly write on?" Blah blah. People were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll sort you some." I got new stuff from Camel Fat. I got stuff from Artoria, um, and a few little, just few little bits that are in there that I started writing on just to sort sort of sink myself back in, and then it all just started flowing again. Yeah, and then obviously it. from there. Long story short, we're back in the studio again, and then I'm I'm writing and releasing more music, which I didn't think I was going to do again. Again, I thought that was over. Yeah, that's it, mate. But obviously, you're focused again now, and um, that's obviously your purpose in life, mate. You know, writing music, producing songs, and you know, making unbelievable tracks with the likes of Camel Fat and Artoria. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's like now, nah, it's like I feel like I've got I've got a different vision and I've got I've got a story to tell and I've, and and I think for people like myself, especially being in the industry, like back then it was like you're out, you're doing PAs, you're in in in, in the likes of mansion and places like that. Your alcohol's free, everything's. Up. You don't feel like you need to have to do that to be an artist. You can still not drink. You can still go out and do stuff. Do you know what I mean? I think that's, that's what a lot of people, especially in this industry, it's full of it. Drugs, alcohol, they go hand in hand. When it comes to like anywhere, the scene. you can't go anywhere. If if there's if there's drinks, there's drugs. If there's drugs, there's drinks. Like, That's it. And you need to you need to be aware to be like, fair enough. If there's a place where there's drinks, then I don't need drugs. If there's drugs, That's I don't it. Need drugs. and and yeah. for you, mate, like the best thing for me, being myself, you know, 24 fucking years old, like, I'm young. Sean was like, yeah, we'll, we'll do the podcast. I'll get Aiden on. I was like, oh, he's Aiden. I checked you out, mate, and I was like, he said he's got a story. I said, oh, well, what's the story? You know, I told you all my story, like, let, let's hear it. And now I've heard you, mate, you know, I'm fucking, like, very appreciative that you've come on and you've been able to, to talk to me because, you know, you've come on, on with, with someone 
you don't know. So I fucking appreciate everything, man. Like, bad. Like, you've inspired me myself. Oh, good God for it, mate. No, I'm not, I'm no worries. It's just like, I think for me, it's like one of them things, like, touching back on. If I, if, if I'd have, I couldn't have done something like this years ago, one, I wouldn't have had the confidence to do it. Two, I wasn't ready to tell a story. And three, I didn't feel like anyone wanted to listen. And I feel like now we're in a position where people need to hear these things. People need to know. And people think it's a cliche when you say it's okay not to be okay. It really is. It really is. And, and I think there's a lot there's, there's a lot of stuff at the moment, which is one thing I wanted to touch on. When you look on the likes of social media and stuff at the moment, a lot of people don't like talking about stuff because people say stuff like, oh, you know, oh, it'll get better, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. I call it toxic. Um, a lot of people do call it toxic positivity because As we I'm, say, all for being, I'm all for being positive. But people also need to be able to sit there in them emotions and in them feelings and get to know them. Because, you know, if you don't sit there in that uncomfortable feeling, you never know how to combat never. it. Never, never, never. You can never fucking combat it. Now... I've, I've come to the realisation at a very young age, so like I say, it's been two years since I went down the wrong path, I, I got in my feels and I had my breakdown, blah, 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 it's not about me, it's about you. Now, like I say, I've put these platforms together so people can fucking get on, you know, talk to us, we're online 24-7, we've got the app, jump on, talk to us, we don't give a fuck who you are, like I'm an ex-drug dealer, like I'm from a bad family, from a bad estate, but I'm on here and I'm talking, this time two years ago, I was too proud, I was like, you know, Looking back, I would have never have done this, but it takes yeah. you to lose everything to come down to, to who you are, mate. And hundred like, percent, it's fucking ridiculous. Like I said, hundred percent. I was never a knobhead. I was never like, oh, well, I've got money, I've got cars, I've got girls, I've got whatever the fuck I want. Yeah, I, I would always look after my friends. My friends needed me. I'm there now. When I got to that point, I was like, there's no one fucking there. I've got nothing left. I've got nothing left. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're <laughs> my holiday, and honestly, honestly, it's just good to hear someone that's well, not good, of course, but it, it's it's nice to to take in information about someone who is, is gone through a lot more in a long more space of time and is doing well for themselves. So you know that gives me fire in my engine to keep on going with this podcast, Definitely. make the space, and carry the fuck on. We 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 spent three days and we built everything. So thank you very much for being the first person to. To jump on and and support us and and like the you're a fucking legend and would love to meet with you like yeah. whenever we're back in the uk or you know would love to just meet with you and obviously not be on camera as you can see <laughs> we're, looking <laughs> we're looking a bit ropey we're looking a bit pale yeah. you know? it's not so many years yet lad. just give us a few months <laughs> <laughs> it's been we've had we've had no cp three days to put this shit together so yeah. people can come and and now it feels real now, you know. We, we've had our first, like, not interview. We had a first chatting shit conversation. But it's not so much. No, but it's shit. been good. It's been good, and it's it's like it's like an informal chat, and that's what that's how it should be. Because I've seen podcasts. There's plenty of podcasts about, and some of them you think to yourself, it's a little bit more like an interview than it is a, a chat. And I think that's when people switch off. You need to be able to relate to the people that you're listening to, hundred percent. And I think you've, you've both got it. You've both got you've both got that relatability hundred percent. You made me feel comfortable. I've never I have to say this is the first time I've done one. So hats off to you, like, but you are gonna get people like we were saying before, you're gonna get haters, you're gonna get people up, look at them thinking they're doing this, blah blah blah. Let them talk. Let them talk. You know what I'm saying? 
Come say it. Like, you know, if you've got something to say, Say it to the say face. on TikTok and it's on. Get in the box. Get in the box and say it. Get in the box. Get in the box. Get on the Georgie, bro. That's it. Get on the Georgie. Come face to face. I don't give a fuck how big you are, how small you are, how hard you think you are. Say it to our face. You know, don't don't chat no behind no keyboard. If you're sending off our, our content, you're supporting us. You know, fuck you. At the end of the day, I'll say this into the camera. Fuck you and fuck who you think you are. Mate, I've had it before. People have said to yeah, but your song, they've said it before, stuff like your song was shit. Yeah, but you listen to it. But you yeah. listen to it. <laughs> right, thank you but you listen it. to it. Nice one, Ty. It's like, 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 I generally don't care because when you've been to a point in life where you wanted to die, nothing yeah. can phase you. Nothing can phase you. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. There's nothing. And and people need to go into that dark place. Like as as harsh as it is, as harsh as it is, get in your feels. Get get 100%. out of your comfort blanket. Like my money was my comfort blanket. Yeah. Yeah. Lose it. Most people's in it. It's Lose it and fucking get in your feels and like come together because that's what the fucking everyone's here for. Like we get one that's life. It, mate. and a lot of people will do it. Once you hit rock bottom, mate, there's only one place to go when it's up. You have to build that build a solid foundation on that rock bottom, mate, and build from there. And that's it, mate. And that's what you've definitely fucking shown us that you can do, mate. You know, you've hit rock bottom and then you fucking climb right back up to the top and you're smashing it. You're and you're looking well. fucking well, mate. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I like girls, but mate, you're looking fucking good. <laughs> nice one, brother. No homo, you're looking very well, mate. So from here, we're not going to take too much of your time because you've given us a fucking lot. And mate, we respect that. We appreciate that. Yeah, thank you very More much. than happy, mate. More than happy, too. So we'd like to link up with you, you know. We're We'll, we'll we'll get on to you and it'll be good to see you when we're back home i'd like to come on and, and see you man obviously you're a busy guy i want to get with you we're not gonna have a drink we'll have a feed fucking it'd just be good to just touch base with you like in person man because right 100%, now mate 100 100 damn right fucking let's make it happen we'll make it happen yeah we'll link up you know uh and yeah we'll have some bite to eat and uh, talk more about it and you know be fucking good to see you when we get back yeah definitely brother definitely Perfect. Well, thank you fucking so much, myself. You know, I created this over the weekend. We've got you on, man. You've fucking, you've, you've hit me in the feels. You've inspired Stephanie, the fuck out of me. And you've sure. got me thinking, I've gone through nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's that, that. Don't ever, don't ever. And I say this, I say this to people all the time, right? I'll leave on this year. Don't ever minimize and compare your story to somebody else's because your journey is your journey. Right. Mate, and mate, there you mate, go, mate, mate, and you're out. There you <laughs> fucking go, bro. You, you smashed it. You hit the nail on the head. You, you, you're our first guest, and you're our best guest. And I can guarantee no one's going to hit us like this because the guest we've got lined up is a lot different. Like you're telling a story. The other people are, are famous. They're, they're athletes. It's different, man. You've, 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 it's different, and I fucking I respect everything, man. Yeah, not nobody respect me. Not nobody respect it. Mate, thank you so, so much, and we'll be in touch. Thank you. Right? No worries. Either, mate. Much appreciated. Go ahead, take it easy. Enjoy, Thanks. boys.